All right, fellow fact checkers, we've got a brand new sponsor, and I am excited to promote this product. It's Fox & Sons Coffee. Now, Fox & Sons Coffee is a family-owned and operated small business selling whole bean, organically roasted, amazingly good coffee. On their website, Steve, the company's founder, describes how his love of coffee started with special Saturdays with his dad when he was growing up. Steve wants to share his love of coffee with you and the entrepreneurial spirit with his sons. Check out the website, foxnsons.com and take a look at their best offer. A monthly subscription for three bags of coffee with free shipping for $38.89. Also, Steve's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He follows us on the morning after as well as here on Fact Check This Podcast. Steve is a great dude, great company to support. So go check out Fox & Sons Coffee and get your morning started off right with a bag of delicious Fox & Sons Coffee. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast and continuing on with Justin Reed's stuff. I am going to read an article from NBC News about myocarditis. I will preface this with, I do not know that this will ever go on YouTube, period. Regardless of what comes out, YouTube will most likely censor this. So odds are, if you are listening to this and you would like to see video, you're going to have to go to Rumble because I feel like this would be the, I'm I'm already, I've already taken some, uh, some risks with some other content that's currently on YouTube covering similar topics. And I feel like it's only a matter of time before they retroactively give me strikes on those things and nuke my channel so this would just add uh add bullets to the gun for them so most likely this will never make it to youtube if you want to watch the video it'll be on rumble I'll, in fact uh I, I put it up i put this up on rumble as soon as i recorded it so it's been out for a while uh, for those of you who are listening if you would like to go back and check out the video or if you have if you know of people who prefer video content over audio only you can share this with them plus it's uh, i'll pull up some tables that show some of the statistics on some of this stuff so let's just get right into it and get it over with i guess <laughs> uh myocarditis after covid vaccination research on possible long-term risks is underway both pfizer and moderna are launching clinical trials to track health issues, if any, in the years following a diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems in teens and young adults. I'm going to refrain from getting into a lot of my own conjecture yet. In October 2021, Davion Miller was found unconscious in the bathroom of his home in Detroit a week after receiving his first dose of Pfizer's COVID vaccine. He had known something was wrong. Then 22, he started experiencing chest pain two days after getting vaccinated, followed by fatigueness, followed by fatigue, shortness of breath, and dizziness. Miller was rushed to Henry Ford West Bloomfield Hospital, where he was diagnosed with myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle, and pericarditis, an inflammation of the outer lining of the heart. His doctor advised him not to receive a second dose of either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. I was like, that's crazy, Miller said. Nothing that he knows, the heart inflammation 
noting that he knows the heart inflammation condition followed vaccination is extremely rare. Extremely rare, he notes. Miller is one of a very small group of people, a very small group of people, they make sure to note, in the United States who have experienced myocarditis following vaccination with the Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, or the Moderna COVID vaccines based on mRNA technology. Now, if you look at this article, what you will see here is that where it says Miller is one of a very small group of people, it's highlighted. And if you click on a very small group of people right here, it takes you to the CDC information and all of their statistics on just how small this group is and just how extremely rare this is. So let's let's just pull that up and take a look, shall we? This is the VAERS reporting rates of myocarditis per 1 million doses administered after mRNA COVID-19 vaccination split between days 0 and 7 post-vaccination and 8 and 21 post-vaccination. During the time frame of 0 to 7 days for males in the age category of 5 to 11, 12 to 15, 16, and 17, and then also 18 to 24, 25 to 29, 30 to 39, and 40 to 49. For those who are watching the video, all of this colored in area here. As we go to the bottom, it gives an explanation of this colored in area. An estimated one in ten cases of myocarditis one to ten cases of myocarditis per one hundred thousand persons occurs among people in the United States, regardless of vaccination status. Adjusted for zero to seven and eight to twenty-one risk intervals. This estimated background is 0 0.2 to 2.2 per 1 million persons over the 0 to 7 day risk and 0 0.4 to 3.8 per million persons over the 8 to 10 or 8 to 21 interval. So the peach shaded cells indicate the reporting rate exceeded estimated background incidence for the period, meaning that of the people that they just expect to have myocarditis for some reason, regardless of vaccination status. Everything that is highlighted in the peach color here, that's everybody who exceeds that point. Like, and it's by a lot. After the first dose in age, uh, age ranges 12 to 15, it's 5.3 per million. In the 16 and 17 year olds, 7.2 per million. And in the 18 to 24 year old range, it's 4.2. And again, this is in the zero to seven days. So the ex expectation is that it would be between 0 0.2 and 2.2. And what they're seeing is double or triple that in the first dose. That's the first dose. Now we move over and look at the second dose. For those receiving a second dose, five to 11, it goes up to 2.6%. 12 to 15 year olds, it's 46.4, 46.4 instances per million. And then in the 16 and 17, it's 75.9. The expectation is that it would be between 0 0.2 and 2.2. And we're seeing 46.4 and 75.9. And this is in 12 to 17 year olds. 
the lowest risk of COVID on the fucking planet. And it's the same for females. If you go over and look at the females in the same age age bracket, 4.1 and 7.5 following the second dose. If we go on with males and we look up the chart a little further in the 18 to 24 year old bracket, you're seeing 38.9 instances out of a million. 25 to 29, 15.2. Then it continues to go down a little bit as we get into the 30 to 39 is 7.5 and 40 to 49 is 3.3. So literally every age bracket for the males, after the second dose, you have an exponentially higher rate of myocarditis than average, than just the normal, like if you did nothing, like two to three to, Jesus, uh, I don't do that math off the top of my head. I, what's that, 300, 400% chance, uh, increase for the 16 and 17 year olds? Uh, this is, yeah, yeah, let's go back to the article. What, what did they say? Um, extremely rare. A very small group of people. Extremely rare and a very small group of people. You are exponentially more likely to have myocarditis if you are a male receiving your second dose than if you did nothing. And you have the least, the least at-risk category on the fucking planet. You are infinitely more likely to end up with myocarditis than you are to die of COVID. But they've been pushing this fucking thing. I mean, this is insanity. Absolute insanity. Myocarditis is a condition that has long been linked to a number of viral infections, including influenza, um, Coxsackie virus, as well as COVID. It has also been observed as an infrequent but worrisome side effect of the mRNA COVID vaccines. There they go. They're, they're going to stick with this language of infrequent, rare, uh, would, extremely rare, uh, very small group of people. You know, Are there long-term risks of myocarditis? There are short-term risks of myocarditis. People are literally dropping the fuck dead because of it a sudden adult death syndrome is the heart just stops for no no apparent reason uh, and I, I don't want to go into the statistics on that because the number of people who experience this sads sudden uh, uh, it's sudden arithmetic disruption syndrome uh, but sudden adult death syndrome is what they kind of refer to it as where your heart just stops for no apparent reason uh i think like i want to say between 88 and 94 percent of the people who suffer from that are double vaxxed and or boosted i mean is it a coincidence i'm not saying that the vaccine kills people what i'm saying is that the correlation between people who have this happen and people who have been vaccinated it's hard to ignore those those numbers. It's hard to ignore the fact that that's happening because it is happening. It is a fact that it's happening. 
Of the hundreds of millions of COVID vaccine doses given in the U.S. since late 2020, there have been around 1,000 reports of vaccine-related myocarditis or pericarditis in children under the age of 18, primarily young males, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Most of those who developed the condition have fully recovered, although research so far has only looked at how well they're doing after several months. Some doctors wonder if it can cause permanent damage to the heart. The sheer volume of misinformation in this one paragraph alone i could i could do hours on it it's way more than a thousand for, for one uh the the instances per anyway the instances per million if you just run the basic numbers on that it adds up to way way more than than a thousand but Never mind that. Uh, the whole idea of if it saves one life, when you go and you look at how many people in the 5 to 11, back to our stats here, 5 to 11, 12 to 15, 16 and 17-year-old, and even bumping it up to 18 to 24-year-old age range, have had negative impact from or at least have had myocarditis pericarditis or sudden adult death syndrome or uh, sudden arithmetic disruption syndrome hit them since receiving the first or second booster or first or second dose or the booster when you look at those numbers and you transpose them next to the number of people in that age category that have died of covid the if it saves one life narrative should be thrown out the fucking window because the number of people who have who have had adverse effects and died because of that stuff it's significantly higher than the number who died because of covid especially if you remove those who are morbidly obese or had four plus comorbidities hey if you just look at healthy teenagers and young adults Holy fuck. Like, we are actively killing off a generation. The males of that generation specifically. Now the first research in the U.S. is underway tracking adverse health effects. If any. Again, they keep going back to this if any bullshit. We already know that it exists. You have dedicated multiple paragraphs in this article already to saying that it does exist. Why do you keep going back and saying if any? It's definitely any. It's definitely many. That may appear in the years following the diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems. Moderna has already launched two trials, the most recent in September. Pfizer confirmed at least one of its trials, which will include up to 500 teens and young adults under the age of 21. It is slated to begin in the next couple months. The Food and Drug Administration has required that the drug makers con uh, conduct several studies assessing the potential long-term impacts of myocarditis as part of its approval for, of the mRNA COVID vaccines in the U.S. early findings from the research could be published as early as next year, sources told NBC News. Some of the trials will follow those who developed the condition for as long as five years, according to the FDA's approval letters. The trials will be, monitor will be monitoring for myocarditis and subclinical myocarditis, which doesn't cause symptoms. 
The FDA declined to comment on Pfizer's and Moderna's studies because they are ongoing, but an agency official said the chance of having myocarditis occur following vaccination is very low. Gotta stick with that very low, never mind what the actual numbers have been showing. And never mind that allowing Pfizer and Moderna to conduct studies on their own vaccines is like morally bankrupt. They're not going to provide anything that shows actual actual evidence of anything. They're going to cherry pick their numbers. It's going to be the same as the trials that they did for the vaccine leading up to FDA rubber stamping the vaccine and giving an emergency authorization, emergency use authorization. And that what they did with the trials was they removed the blind or the double blind. They, instead of having a control group, they just gave the vaccine to everybody. So we have no idea what happens when when this vaccine is administered, as opposed to if the vaccine isn't administered. We don't know because they literally gave everybody who participated in the study the fucking vaccine. They thought it was so great that they just couldn't they couldn't bring themselves to give somebody the placebo. So they administered the vaccine to everybody. So now we have no fucking clue what the actual evidence or what the actual statistics, what the actual um case study would have shown for how effective the vaccine was because they didn't actually do a study. They just gave it to everybody and said, here it is. It's good to go. The condition does not lead to cardiac related death, the official said, as claimed by Florida's Surgeon General last month, who cited an unpublished analysis of state data. There is no evidence of increased risk of deaths following mRNA vaccines compared to individuals who did not get the vaccine. Again, this is bullshit, the official said. In fact, evidence from well-conducted, peer-reviewed, published studies suggests that the risk of death is higher for unvaccinated individuals for nearly every age group. This is, again, bullfucking shit. These well-conducted, peer-reviewed studies, Pfizer and Moderna, put together a bunch of bullshit statistics. They say that it's accurate because their doctors and their researchers said that it was accurate. And then it goes out to other people who look at it and say, well, they said it, so here it is. And that's how it gets the stamp of peer-reviewed. That's the way the medical system worked. None of this shit is actually reviewed by any fucking body. And the statistics that they come up with, they pull them straight out of their ass. They don't actually do any of the research. It's like I was talking about with the, the way they figured out if the vaccines were good or, not, good or not to begin with. They just rolled out. Everybody gets it. And not only did they do that, but also as people were developing side effects to the vaccine, those people would be excluded from the rest of the, from the, rest of the trial. They would just get dropped out. They'd be like, well, that doesn't count. That's how they do this well uh, what's it say? Well-conducted, peer-reviewed, published studies? They exclude the shit that doesn't fit with what they want it to say. And then they say, here it is, it's good. And they send it out to the people who are going to rubber stamp it. And then it's peer-reviewed. So what is known about myocarditis and vaccines? The vast majority of cases occur in young men ages 16 to 24, according to the CDC. The agency did not have data available on the total number of cases of young adults, uh, cases in young adults 24 and younger, but it estimates there have been 52.4 cases and 56.3 cases per million doses of Pfizer's and Moderna's vaccines, respectively. Symptoms of myocarditis include chest pain, shortness of breath, 
feelings of having a fast-beating, fluttering, or pounding heart. A study by Canadian researchers published Monday in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology found that men younger than 40 who got Moderna vaccine had the highest risk of heart issues within, usually within 21 days after the second dose. The study was observational, meaning it doesn't prove cause and effect, but it is one of only a few studies to compare the risk of myocarditis between Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. So Moderna is a little bit worse. Doesn't tell you how much worse, necessarily. Uh, so so that's how that's that's how they've made the the claim that Pfizer is the better of the vaccines because it's not as likely to kill you. Yay! Right. Last month, Kaiser per, uh, Permanente scientists found that instances of myocarditis following a booster dose of either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine were higher than after the first dose, but still lower than after the second dose. So the second dose is where you, you have the problem. So, you know, get the get the first, but don't don't go past that or just don't get any of it at all. That's my advice. Not a doctor. You do what you want. It's your heart. There has not been a similar reporting pattern observed after receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, Novavax has said no heart inflammation concerns were raised during clinical trials of its vaccine. Vaccine-associated myocarditis is usually milder than the viral type, and most people with the condition make a full recovery, said Dr. Nicola Klein, the vaccine expert at the Kaiser Permanente. In some cases, people who've developed myocarditis after a viral infection can suffer scarring along the heart's tissue, reducing its ability to pump blood and circulate oxygen around the body, said Dr. Leslie Cooper, the chair of the Department of Cardiology at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Cooper joined an expert advisory panel formed by Moderna to monitor its COVID vaccine safety. Lady, you are failing. It's unknown how many people with vaccine-associated myocarditis will experience this scarring, he said. No, oh, sorry. Dude, you're failing. Stop naming your sons Leslie and Ashley and Courtney. Good God, what is wrong with people? Anyway, sorry. That's a total aside. He said, noting that about 20% of people with myocarditis linked to viruses go on to experience heart failure. It could be 2%, it could be 0%, it could be 20%, he said, referring to the percentage of people with vaccine-associated myocarditis who could experience long-term heart consequences. We don't know the answer. The CDC recently published a study in The Lancet that looked at health outcomes in more than 500 teens and young adults at least 90 days after the onset of myocarditis following an mRNA vaccination. Most got better at least three months after the symptoms. Other findings from the CDC report included about a quarter of the patients in the study were prescribed daily medication related to myocarditis at their last healthcare provider follow-up. Yay! We're putting 15, 16-year-olds on heart medication because they got a vaccine that wasn't ever properly tested. This is a win for Big Pharma, and that's fucking it. Because they'll be on this forever. You don't get over this. You don't get off of that. Like your heart's not going to just magically get better. So they're fucked. Like we've taken them in the prime of their life and just like almost literally ripped their heart out and said, "Fuck you, you're 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 doomed." It's a win for science, baby. A little more than 100 of the patients had not been cleared for physical activity. One out of five have not been cleared for physical activity. 20 fucking percent. 
of these teenagers have not been cleared for physical activity. 20 fucking percent. In addition, 81 patients had an abnormality on their cardiac MRI, although that doesn't necessarily mean that they are at risk for any adverse health problems. Yeah. Makes me feel real good about it. The CDC will follow the patients who had not fully recovered for 12 months, said Ian Krakalik, uh, the study's lead author and CDC epidemiologist. Are some, patients, are some patients at higher risk for heart issues, such as arrhythmias? Dr. Dongan Trong, the pediatrician at the University of Utah Health, said Pfizer researchers will be trying to determine the factors. Pfizer, in collaboration with the Pediatric Heart Network, will be monitoring participations for fi- or participants for five years, according to Trong, the co-lead on the Pfizer study. The Pfizer study will include people who were previously hospitalized with vaccine-associated myocarditis, and it will also follow those who were more recently diagnosed. The team will also compare the patients to a subset of patients with multi-symptom inflammatory syndrome in children, also known as MISC, which is associated with the COVID infection. So this was a thing that they tried to like explain away myocarditis in people who had received the vaccine, because there are people who got COVID and also had different types of heart problems following that. And so what they're saying, uh, and this is, this really solidifies how effective, safe and effective these vaccines are, are whatever, is that they were saying that you didn't develop myocarditis because you got the vaccine. You developed myocarditis because you got COVID. So your vaccine didn't stop you from getting COVID. And it may or may not have attributed to you getting myocarditis. Congratulations. We're literally killing a generation of young men. This this is like World War One, round two, just instead of doing it via actually like sending them out to shoot each other, we're shooting them with something else. This is fucking insane. Trong said that monitoring what happens to younger people and children after COVID infections is especially important to get a clearer understanding of the risks of the illness compared to any possible side effects of the vaccine. The Pfizer study, which will take place in the U.S. and Canada, has not begun enrollment yet, although the research team has already identified more than 250 patients with myocarditis, she said. Less than a thousand, right? Less than a thousand is what they said. If we scroll back up, wherever the fuck that was, and less than a thousand, they have already identified two hundred and fifty patients with myocarditis for this study. You don't find those that fucking fast if there wasn't a huge number of them. Like they don't just drop into your lap, right? I mean, maybe in this case they do because they're all pissed off because they went and got a thing that there was no reason for them to get, and now they're having heart problems. So, I mean, it is entirely possible, but, like, man, probabilities don't work in your favor if you're on the side of the of the clot shot in this case. Just, yeah, there's a 100% chance this will not be going on YouTube at any point ever. Uh, the first findings could be released sometime next year, Strong said. 
Scientists still don't have a clear explanation yet for why the vaccines cause the condition, according to Dr. Paul Burton, Moderna's chief medical officer. He expects the virus's spike protein, once produced in the cell after vaccination, may generate a reaction in the body that can cause inflammation in the heart. Holy fuck! You're saying that the spike protein is possibly causing myocarditis, the thing that all of us fucking conspiracy theorists have been saying for literally a year? Holy fuck. I'm here. I'm here to accept your apologies. Anyone who wants to say sorry for having called me a crazy conspiracy theorist, it's okay to admit that you were wrong and that I was right and that I've literally been right about everything for two and a half years. You can say it. It's okay. This is a safe space. I'll even give you a hug. The two myocarditis studies Moderna has started, one of which is in collaboration with the American College of Cardiology, are using public and private data of tens of millions of people who received the company's vaccine and how they fared, Burton said. Did they get myocarditis? When did it occur? How was it treated? And how severe was it, he said. But Erna is also conducting two additional studies with the European medicines agencies that will span five different countries. The drug maker will assess outcomes for a year or more, Burton said, with data expected to be made public around next summer. He said he doesn't expect big surprises. Of course you don't expect any big surprises because you're going to make sure that you've cooked the books so that what gets released is exactly what you expected, even though what your results are going to be are also going to be what you expected. <laughs> no surprises on either side of this, I promise. In recent weeks, multiple new versions of the Omicron variant... Oh, Omicron is going to... Kill us all with sniffles, including BQ, BQ1 and B, BQ1.1. We're getting into the barbecue variants. This, you can tell it's getting serious. Uh, have begun circulating widely in the U.S., increasing the risk of reinfections, particularly for those who haven't yet received a booster dose. When's COVID going to kill me? For real. Because I'm about fed up with this shit. Thank can it happen sometime soon? Can it happen before I have to go back to work? I'd rather not go back to work this week. Can we just get it over with now? No, never. But the emerging new variants that we see on the landscape are very, very infectious and really have a high risk, Burton said. The benefit ratio of getting vaccinated outweighs the risk of getting vaccinated. And that is absolutely true for myocarditis. You don't know that. You don't have the studies. You don't have the data. And the data you do have says that it's fucking not. Klein and Kaiser Permanente agreed, saying the overall risk of vaccine-associated myocarditis is very low. It's very low. Very rare. Not going to happen. Just, you know, unless you're part of that very large group that it happens to. Otherwise, very low. A year later, Miller, Miller, blah, blah, blah. A, a year later, Miller is experiencing symptoms, including chest pain, while there is comfort in knowing his situation is rare. <laughs> rare again. Keep going back to the fucking rare. He said he's been in and out of the hospital since his diagnosis, which he, which he said has been difficult for him. It's been a scary experience, he said. No shit. I would imagine it's been an incredibly terrifying fucking experience. His situation is very rare. 
the risk is very low. He'll probably recover entirely. 100% recovery. He's been in the hospital, in and out of the hospital, ever since his diagnosis. Totally going to work out in his favor, though. We didn't just kill a 25-year-old or destroy his heart for no fucking reason whatsoever. I can assure you. Jesus fucking Christ. This is what passes for science. This is what passes for modern medicine. This is the crock of shit that you poor bastards who actually go to the doctor have to deal with. I I don't. I am healthy as a fucking horse. I don't go to the doctor for shit. Unless my wife just like absolutely grabs me by the ear and drags me there. And even then, I am not an active participant in anything. And you sure as fuck aren't sticking any needles in me. And that has nothing to do with my phobia of needles. It's strictly because I don't trust anything you might be trying to stick in me. Fuck that. And there's not a real high probability that I'm going to fill any prescription that you give me either. If I can't get over it with a extra strength Tylenol and a bottle of whiskey, then whatever, it can fucking kill me. Uh, and ain't nothing been able to pull that off yet either. Check back with me. We're going to revisit all this stuff in about a year because supposedly some of this stuff is going to start coming out next summer. And the beautiful thing about Facebook memories, if I don't get nuked off of Facebook, is this will pop up every year. And we can go back every year when this pops back up and we can check and see, hey, Pfizer and Moderna, y'all released any information yet? Uh, what's it say? Because that's the thing. That was the thing on the like Pfizer having to do these data dumps is they were trying to stretch it out over like 75 fucking years. And the goal was that we release just a little bit here and there from now until forever and everybody forgets about it and we were never held accountable for it. Well, that's the same way these, these research studies go. We're going to do this for the next three to five years so that 18 months from now when you've completely forgotten about it, it doesn't even matter and we can just do whatever we want. Fuck you. Let's hold these bitches accountable. Let's bring it up every time we have a chance. Uh, the FDA is a fucking joke anyway, and Pfizer and Moderna are going to cook the books on this stuff however they want to to make it look however they want it to. So regardless of what comes out of it, I doubt it's very trustworthy or you can really, uh, you know, you're going to have anything significant to take away from it. But by God, we should still be looking. That'll do it for this episode. Uh, Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned a little bit. Hope you got to look at some of this stuff from a different perspective and you know what's going on. Um, tune back next time for, I'm not sure yet, uh, identity politics and warfare sociology or Boston researchers say that masking children in schools can reduce the effects of structural racism. I think, I think we're going to do masks mask reduce racism i think that's what we're doing next time oh so be sure to tune back in for that fun crock of shit and in the meantime i hope you have a great rest of your day great rest of your week i will catch you later don't forget to head over to palomaverdecbd.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor carlos vanessa ablar and paloma verde cbd get all of your cbd needs and you get 10 percent off your order of $75 or more, plus anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody.